music, arts, and lifestyle. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Well, maybe you carry around that notebook full of poems, or maybe you like playing those chords on the guitar. Well, if you've ever thought about being a songwriter, we've got the guest for you. We're right in the middle of our chat with Shelly Pikin. She's a multi-platinum Grammy-nominated songwriter, and she's with us today talking about the business of songwriting. How much do you think the making of a hit is the interpretation of the singer. Like, have you ever written what you thought was a great song and you hear the singer and they kind of mess it up? Mm-hmm. Or vice versa, you felt like the song was really enhanced with the delivery? Oh, for sure. Yeah. A great singer will bring a song to life. Although I have to tell you that there are so many great, I hesitate to use the word, but I will, top liners who are really great singers, as good as some recording artists uh-huh. and can make a demo sound amazing and hard to top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that a song will be a hit if all the stars collide yeah. at the same time. Uh-huh. If it's the right song with the right zeitgeist in the right place with a new artist that has some kind of visibility. Uh, there's just a lot of stars. Call. I mean, I could have written Bitch and put it out today and it wouldn't have done anything because... The time wasn't that, right. And that language was sort of like shocking back then. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. But it wouldn't be shocking now. Uh-huh. You know, and the sounds of raging guitars and an Atlantis-like sound was in style and Meredith had that sort of sound. You know, so... Sometimes a song has to be packaged differently according to the the time that it comes out. But I really feel like it's just something in the air that resonates with Mm -hmm. the idea of that particular song that makes it welcome and that makes it rise. I mean, listen, there are songs that have come out that haven't been hits only to be re-recorded and wind up being hit. So how much is the song? How much is the production how much is the time so many things depend on it and you like to be present in the studio when the artist records the song correct i would prefer it yeah i bet because you know and here's here's the big reason why it's not just to take the picture to tweet it or to put it on facebook (laughs) although it's part of that too because Mm -hmm. you're marketing yourself and there's a lot of competition it's that those things happen less and less lately and you work so hard so if christina aguilera is going to say i'm going to record something i want to be there for the joy sure Uh i want to be there to feel you know i get so much rejection still this one happened she loves it i want to be there to share Mm -hmm. that moment sure because that balances out all the other moments where I send songs out and don't get calls back. Exactly. And you've got to have that balance. You do. Uh-huh. That's a big moment. Sometimes they want the writer there. A really secure recording artist doesn't mind at all. Yeah. yeah. And it's a victory lap, really, for That's you. Ex- Thank mm-hmm. you. Those were the words I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I want to get into the differences of being a songwriter now versus when you started. Yeah. Now, you would almost call that the golden age of songwriting. 
Well, and then people in the Brill Building would call that the Golden Age. (laughs) I wasn't there then, you know. So for me, it was probably my golden age. It Uh was very different than it is now. Now, just go into it just a little bit, how, you know, you would get a cut, like on a Christina Aguilera album, you would get royalties of every album sold. So when, you know, an artist like Christina Aguilera would be multi-platinum, it would make all of the songwriters on the album very wealthy. Well, I don't know about wealthy, but you could, and for years I did, make a really nice, living on album cuts. Mm -hmm. Uh Very respectable and could put a mortgage down in a house. Mm -hmm. By album cuts, and album cuts, I mean like people might never have even heard of a song you wrote because it wasn't on the radio. And Uh album cuts, a lot of times for some artists, it would be favor trading too, where oh, I'll get you an album cut on such and such an album as a favor or payback for something else. Are you suggesting that, or are you saying that that's the way it was or the way it is? I think that's the way it was, but I think it's done in other ways now. Well, I think if you had a lot of clout back then, and they had a song you really, they really wanted, that you could have some kind of trade. Okay, I'll give you that song, even though so-and-so wants it as well. Uh Um, I'll give you that song, but you have to record two more of my songs, even if they're album cuts which could make you some money if the album if the sold, album it would well. probably be worth it. Is it ethical? That's a different question. Right. Right. Did I ever do it? No, because uh-huh. I just was never that business savvy, uh-huh. and I never had a manager. Okay. okay. But now it probably wouldn't be worth it because... Albums don't sell. Right. Albums don't sell, unless, of course, it's, you know... Adele, (laughs) but I don't think she's going to listen to that, (laughs) she's going to say, you know, but I guess there are producers who are, you know, really, really hot, we don't have to mention names, who probably can just, you know, make some kind of deal with an artist who does actually sell albums, Uh you want this single, okay, because five other people do too, you want the single, you can have it, but. Yeah, Yeah. Uh and so today it's all about getting the single, pretty much. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. And there are some really tasty singles out there and some wonderful stuff on the radio. I just, you know, I guess I'm going to seem old-fashioned. I do miss having the experience of having a whole album, hearing a song on the radio and saying, I love that. What else have they done? Right. And wanting to go and get that album in my hands or whatever in my computer whatever and go on the journey with that artist and hear what else they had to say and not feel like the songs were thrown together uh, to feel like there was some kind of emotional journey that the artist went through in order to make that album Uh i wanted to go there with them Mm -hmm. that's a little different now because you can just click on a track yeah now talk about you mentioned earlier the whole top liner concept and how that is a relatively new term in the music industry. Well, you know, I talked about that term in my first Huffington Peace article in June. You know, look, we all have to change with the times, and I've been around a long time. My parents used to say, oh, kids these days, and I feel like, am I doing the same thing? But I don't think it's so much that, because... I feel like I have moved with the times, but I'm straddling because I am sentimental. Uh Um, I feel like the term, this is 
kind of complicated, I would urge everybody to find that article in Huffington Post. It's called Songwriters Pie Anyone, and it really gets into it. And we're going to get into top line, bottom line, and much more when we come back with multi-platinum Grammy-nominated songwriter Shelley Pikin. Keep it right here on the Mulberry Lane Show, your source for the inside creative scoop. Almost made you love me, almost made you cry, almost made you happy, babe, didn't I, didn't 